Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, Russia's all-out assault of Ukraine targeting women and children fleeing, sparking the fastest-growing refugee crisis in Europe since World War II. Russian troops accused of deliberate murder of Ukrainian civilians trying to escape. Tonight, the picture that captured the world's attention, and we talked to the war photographer who was there. Plus, 1.7 million refugees and hundreds of thousands of them are children. President Zelensky defiant. The new video tonight of Ukraine's president sitting in his office saying he's not hiding and demanding that the world do more to stop Vladimir Putin. Pain at the pump as oil prices surge to their highest levels in over a decade. Wall Street has its worst day since 2020. Vaccine misinformation. Tonight, why health officials are denouncing Florida's Surgeon General, who says healthy kids don't need to vaccinate. Plus, our follow-up from 60 Minutes about whether there's any new variant to worry about. Florida's massive wildfires, where the 1,000 homes evacuated and tens of thousands of acres burned. And baking to benefit Ukraine. A San Antonio community raises thousands for the war-torn nation. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us as we start a new week together. Tonight, the war in Ukraine has entered a new phase of brutality as Russia seems to be targeting civilians trying to flee their country. The unprecedented shelling of areas where people are evacuating is sparking fear and outrage. Negotiations are ongoing between the two sides, but little progress has been made. Meanwhile, the humanitarian crisis is growing by the hour as millions flee their homes in hopes of escaping the violence. 
Well, as of tonight, at least 1.7 million refugees have fled Ukraine in the first 11 days of the war, and that number is expected to top 5 million. There's also breaking news out of Kyiv tonight, where for the first time since the conflict began, Ukraine's President Zelensky released this new video of himself in his office in the capital, saying he is not afraid of anyone and will not leave. We've got a team of reporters covering the story, starting with CBS's Charlie Daggett in Kyiv. Good evening, Charlie. Good evening to you, Nora. The U.N. estimates tonight there have been at least 1,200 civilian casualties since the war began. That number is thought to be higher and also climbing as shelling increases across the country. A Russian jet goes down in flames over the besieged city of Kharkiv as Ukrainian residents cheer. Ukrainian troops on the outskirts of the capital open fire in an effort to keep the Russian advance at bay. But cities are under siege, like Mariupol, where residents have been unable to flee after two ceasefires were shattered. A man rushes into the emergency room carrying his 18-month-old son, but doctors are unable to save him. His mother kisses her baby boy goodbye. A savage attack on residents trying to flee Irpin outside the capital was captured by the New York Times. A mother and her children lie dead, deliberately targeting civilians or firing into them with a total disregard for human life. The incident enraged Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. We will not forgive, he said. We will not forget. But today, at least 2,000 people made it across to relative safety. We headed towards that area this morning when we passed through the neighboring village of Horenka. It, too, had become the target of heavy Russian bombardment. These are the areas that are coming under attack just outside the capital itself now, which has caused so many people to flee in anger and in fear, even as they're coming under attack. This is what indiscriminate shelling looks and feels like. And wherever they land, they land. And if that kills civilians, it kills civilians. This is what residents here have had to live with. Yeah, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. We reach a children's holiday camp, now a local bomb shelter. Inside, we found the shaking camp deputy-turned-caretaker Tatiana. The last from the evening till the night, that was very terrible. Bach, and every second we checked if we are alive or no, because everything was very moving. Uh, there is totally destroyed. Are you going to be okay? You look very frightened. It's first time that I have cries. First time for the 11 days. Sorry, emotions. I'm a woman. Please help us, I ask you. Next could be here. I ask you, Governor. Huddling in the basement, elderly men and women, young children, trapped terrified after days and nights of bombings. We had to wait for a break in the explosions to get to the hospital. This is usually a maternity hospital, now an ER for soldiers bearing the brunt of an overwhelming Russian assault, even if some of the deepest wounds are on the inside. 
Now, those explosions were getting close to the hospital, too, even as they were treating the wounded. The World Health Organization has verified at least 14 hospitals have come under attack. Nora. Charlie Daggett, thank you for your reporting. While the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine is nearing historic levels, and we're seeing the innocent little faces of children fleeing, like this little young boy who appeared to be all alone today, crying. CBS's Tony DeCopel is at the Poland-Ukraine border for us. The exodus from Ukraine has only intensified since the Russian invasion. But nothing prepared us for the sight of so many people battered and tired, walking out of their homeland. We saw mothers and grandmothers and lots of little children, some in their mother's arms, others in strollers or holding hands, many no taller than their family's luggage. And then there were those like this woman, anxiously waiting for loved ones to safely cross the Polish border. I only ask all that, please not, not war in our world, please. But the horrors of war are why this little boy and his mother hitched three rides overnight to get to the border. Just the day before, she claimed three of her friends were shot in the fighting, and worse, hangings, rape, killings. Yes. She told us the Russians hanged one friend and raped another. They left behind family members and her baby's father with almost nothing, unsure when they may be reunited. We found Katya and her children resting in a quiet area, warming themselves by a fire. She's worried about her brother who is fighting and her elderly parents who insisted on staying behind. But amid the fear and exhaustion, we also found acts of kindness. Volunteers with warm food and drinks, boxes and boxes of supplies. But after walking for days and for miles, what people really want is just a place to sit down and get warm. When refugees are ready to move on, there's a bus to a more permanent relief center, a former high-end shopping mall converted into a shelter now housing hundreds. Here, they can finally charge their phones and wait for the call that everyone is hoping for. The call that the war is over and they can go home before home is gone forever. And Tony DeCoppel joins us now from Poland. So, Tony, what are you hearing from these refugees? What do they do next? Well, Nora, despite the pleas you heard there at the end of that report, the fear is for these refugees that the war is going to deepen, to accelerate, if anything, and they're going to have to stay here in Poland for a very long time. That deepening of the war is why so many people are coming over the border now in week two of the war, and also why, in addition to women and children rushing here, we also saw some men going back over the border to join the fight, inspired by many of the stories you just heard tonight, Nora. Tony DeCopel, thank you. Russia's President Vladimir Putin has repeatedly denied his forces are targeting civilians. But on Sunday, the world saw the truth for itself. With this horrifying picture of a family lying dead after trying to flee the city of Irpin, that's just outside the capital of Kyiv. Lindsay Adario has spent her career documenting war zones. And this is the moment before she took that picture for the New York Times. We spoke with the Pulitzer Prize winning photographer earlier. 
I went forward and um, found a place sort of behind a wall and started photographing. And in fact, within minutes, uh, a series of mortars fell increasingly closer and closer to our position until one landed about 30 feet from where I was standing. And it killed a mother and her two children. Your photo of that family is on the front page of the New York Times. It has been seen around the world. It is proof of civilians being targeted. What did you make of when you saw this family up close? I mean, I'm a mother and, you know, I, when I'm working, I try to stay very focused. I try to keep sort of the camera to my eye so I don't think too much. But of course, it was very emotional. First of all, I had just been sprayed with gravel from a mortar round that could have killed us very easily. So I was shaken up and I, when we were told that we could run across the street by our security advisor, I ran and I saw uh, this family splayed out and I saw these little moon boots and puffy coat and and I and I just thought of my own children, of course, and I and I thought, you know, it, it's disrespectful to take a photo, but I have to take a photo. This is a war crime. It was clear that this was an area full of civilians. There was no question at all. I mean, this is a place that was well-documented. There is Russian military on the other side. Everyone knew this place was for civilians. And how are you doing, Lindsay? I mean, you can ask me that in a few months. Right now, I'm just trying to stay very focused and, and work. And I think it's really important that people around the world see these images. And I, you know, it's really brave of the New York Times to put that image on the front page. It's a difficult image, but it is a historically important image. And why do you say it's so historically important? Because it's a war crime and it's happening. And, you know, I think it's it, it's it's very hard to be in that situation where you witness something and you document it. And you and I knew the backstory because I was there. Our important conversation with Lindsay Adario and her social media has more of her incredible pictures that show the devastation and the human toll in Ukraine. Back here at home, stocks fell sharply on Wall Street today as oil and gas prices continue to skyrocket. The Dow fell by nearly 2.5%. The Nasdaq and S&P suffered even greater losses. Tonight, CBS's Ed O'Keefe reports on the Biden administration's efforts to try and ease the pain at the pump. President Biden today held a video conference with European leaders intent on pressuring Russian President Vladimir Putin to reverse course. But as the crisis intensifies, it's causing gas prices to soar, hitting a 14-year average high of more than $4, up over 40 cents in just a week, by one measure, the largest jump in history. I just uh, never imagined to see the um, cost of gas being this high. It blows my mind. It's a crazy number. What is the president's message to Americans who are going to the gas station today and seeing prices so high? He is going to do everything we can, everything he can, to reduce the impact on the American people, including uh, the price of gas at the tank. What is also true is that because of the actions of President Putin, because he invaded a sovereign country, that created instability in the markets. The administration is considering banning Russian oil and cutting off the revenue to Putin, though it accounts for just 3% of U.S. oil imports. 
A new poll out today shows 7 in 10 Americans support a Russian oil ban, even if it means higher gas prices. And the administration is in talks with Venezuela for the first time in three years, part of an ongoing global search for crude oil as a substitute for Russia if the ban goes through. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who's been discussing an oil ban with European allies, reassured the leaders of Baltic countries today that the U.S. wouldn't let Putin invade beyond Ukraine. No one should doubt our readiness. No one should doubt our resolve. He said the U.S. supports Poland and other NATO countries sending fighter jets to aid the Ukrainian military. To date, the U.S. and NATO have provided 17,000 anti-tank missiles and 2,000 Stinger anti-aircraft missiles. 500 more American troops are headed to Europe. The Biden administration tonight's also focused on the case of Brittany Griner, a WNBA star who also plays pro ball in Russia and was arrested at Moscow's airport last month for, the Russians allege, carrying vape cartridges containing oil derived from cannabis. That's a crime worth up to 10 years in prison. Griner's wife today acknowledging the situation on Instagram, saying, quote, we await the day to love on you as a family. Nora. Ed O'Keefe, thank you. We want to turn now to the COVID pandemic because tonight the global death toll tops 6 million people. Here in the U.S., cities and states continue to loosen restrictions. New York City today dropped its public school mask mandate and vaccination requirement for most indoor businesses. And on 60 Minutes, CBS News chief medical correspondent Dr. John LaPook got rare access inside the CDC with director Rochelle Walensky. We want to be able to detect about 0.1% of any new variant that comes into this country with 99% certainty. And are you getting any kind of a hint that there's some new variant of concern? No, not right now. Nope. I mean, we're tracking things, um, but there's nothing that appears to be, you know, the next Omicron. We breathe a heavy sigh of relief when we don't see anything. Exactly. And Dr. John LaPook joins us now. I'm breathing a heavy sigh of relief as well. <laughs> Let's talk about how U.S. health agencies are preparing for the next big pandemic. Well, the National Institutes of Health has a project to round up and study possible suspects for the next pandemic. That includes families of viruses like Ebola, Lassa fever. If they mutated and became more transmissible, no evidence they have, but they could spread widely. We had a head start on a vaccine with COVID-19 because we already knew a lot about coronaviruses. The NIH wants to have the same head start with other viruses. And John, let me ask you about today's news. Florida's Surgeon General saying that they will issue separate guidance urging parents not to vaccinate their healthy children. Isn't that the opposite of science? It is the opposite, and I confirmed myself a few hours ago that the CDC is sticking to its guns. It's true that COVID-19 tends to be milder in children than in adults, but it can be deadly. In Florida alone, 42 children, 42 under the age of 16 have died, according to the State Department of Health. The CDC continues to recommend vaccination for those five years of age and older. Dr. LaPook, thank you. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.
There's some sad breaking news tonight. One teenager has died and two others are in critical condition after a shooting today on the grounds of East High School in Des Moines, Iowa. Police say several potential suspects are in custody. There's no word yet on the motive. All right, tonight at least three huge wildfires in the Florida Panhandle have forced the evacuations of more than a thousand homes. More than a dozen have been damaged. The fires are being fueled by high winds, dry conditions, and millions of trees that were destroyed by Hurricane Michael in 2018. People from around the world have united in support of Ukraine, and that support has come in all shapes and sizes, from the United Nations to a small bakery in Texas. Here's CBS's Omar Villafranca. So people want to donate cash, they can donate it in this box. Anna Afanasieva left her family in Odessa, Ukraine, years ago to start a new life. She ended up here in San Antonio, Texas, and just over a year ago, she opened up Like a Cheesecakes. But her loved ones are still in Ukraine trying to escape. Are you able to keep in contact with your family? I am trying really hard to evacuate them now. Anna had to do something. So the 28-year-old decided that all weekend sales at her cheesecake shop would go towards helping the Ukrainian armed forces. What she didn't expect was the response. Thank you. People lined up sometimes for hours to show Anna and other Ukrainians that they care. We probably had like a thousand people per day. I think like the entire San Antonio came, honestly. She raised more than $72,000 in one weekend and plans to keep accepting donations. This is the least I can do, you know, and uh, I'm not trying to make a hero out of myself either because the heroes, they are all there and they are fighting. 6,000 miles away from home, but her heart is on the front lines. Omar Villafranca, CBS News. Love the people in San Antonio. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, it's International Women's Day, and so we'll look at an exhibit honoring top women scientists. Ooh, looking forward to that. Reminder, if you can't watch us live, you can set your DVR and watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast. And to ask Jeff some questions, because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.